Nat, I want to talk to you about a bit of history. Very different from what we normally do. I was going to say, no economics this time? I'm almost insulted. No, no, uh, no, no nuclear power plants either. Uh, specifically on why we don't see many of the really old civilizations in the Eastern Mediterranean around anymore, specifically after the Bronze Age. Okay, so we're talking about like the downfall of like Sparta and, you know, ancient Greek, the ancient Romans, like that kind of deal? Or are we talking like even before them? This is a millennia before them. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> go for it. I'm on board. Okay. There, uh, there's something that happened that caused the collapse of lo a lot of these early civilizations. And I, uh, do, you, do you know what I'm alluding to? Uh, is it some strange foreign bacteria or a plague? Um, is it monsters that came from the abyss? Aliens? You know what? Any of those could be a thing because we don't really know since all the evidence oh, okay. was Okay, so we have no idea. So any answer is the right answer at this point. There are some compelling theories, but of course, nobody knows for certain. So, sure, uh, sure. You know, maybe a kaiju came out of the Mediterranean. Their Jaegers back then were made out of brick and mortar and sticks and dung. Very yeah, ineffective. So this whole thing was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. From 1100 to 750 BCE. So I think okay. uh, Sparta was like 200 Yeah, BCE? yeah. Right. So this is much, much before the times of, you know, Gerard Butler being shirtless and generally <laughs> speaking delicious. So, so this whole thing took about 350 years for whatever this collapse to happen. When you think of how people lived this far in the past, what kind of life do you think some normal uh, person, like the average Joe in the Bronze Age, say in Egypt, uh, do you, how do you think their life would be? You know, there's there's like the, um, you know, there's the, the real answers here, which are, you know, a lot of like farming or early farming, right? Small growing for family sustenance, right? There's that aspect. The other picture in my mind, though, is like, taking baths in mercury uh, because they didn't know that it was poisonous or, you know, eating rocks because they thought that it helped them digest, right? I put rocks in my water to add minerals. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, I, I eat rocks so that I get enough calcium in my diet. Well, what about the, their standard of living? Yeah, so standard of living, I mean, generally speaking, I imagine it was really poor. But I think that that's just, like, movie depictions that have put that that image in my head um i don't know if necessarily they actually did live that poorly but the picture that i have in my mind is basically like dirty people outside of a castle everywhere which i know isn't actually the case um mm -hmm. or there's the the flip side to that which is like the pictures that you get of ancient greece in your mind is like everyone is in white you know, togas with gold and fancy ropes and clothing and no one's poor and that kind of stuff. Yeah, like in the paintings, they don't really show like the latrines or something. Like yeah, that. exactly. Right. Like that's not what what got captured, historically speaking. Right. You don't see the river where they dumped human waste because they were like, wow, we don't need this river for anything. This is a convenient way of getting rid of stuff, isn't it? So, yeah, you're right. Uh, by our standards. Not very good. But mm -hmm. what you might not expect is it's it's theorized that the quality of life of someone in the Bronze Age would have been around the same as someone who lived in the Roman Empire about a thousand years later. Wow. And there's a period of time in between when people's lives were significantly worse. So 
I, what happened is people's lives were, you know, relatively okay. You could survive and live well enough, really bad, and then went to better in the, you know, the classical era and stuff. And, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was like, oh, yeah, the Dark Ages. But it's like, no, the Dark Ages was in, like, 1100 AD. Yep. Right? Like, that was, like, way later than this. So there's just this period where life sucked. For some reason, something happened that made life suck for millennia. Or a millennia. I, are you going to tell me what that is, or do we do we not know? Well, I, I we we have some ideas. Oh, okay, okay. I like ideas. I was going to say. I, I mean, are you burying the lead here? When do I get to find out why life sucked? <laughs> so, what do you think is the most important thing for people in the Bronze Age? Most important thing. When we talk about the currency episode, you said money. So I guess there's money. Well, yeah. I mean, money's always the case, right? Like, money will always be the most important thing. Unfortunately, right? I guess in that. At that time period, I would expect like gold or silver to be their their like actual currency, right? They would probably use a precious metal. But honestly, the only thing that I can think of is like what would be really important. I would say water, right? Like aqueducts weren't really like that. This is like potentially early days of aqueducts, right? I don't know. I don't think they were even made yet. Yeah, I was going to say because no. the first aqueducts were Mesopotamia, right? Is that right? Or was it the Greeks? I thought it was... Actually, I have no idea. I thought I always associated them with the Romans. Oh, that's actually a good point. It could be the Romans too. Um, but I would say like clean drinking water was probably like hugely important. I know there's the jokes that like in medieval times it was safer to drink the beer or the wine than it was the water because the alcohol at least killed all of the cholera and Black Death. Yeah. So I would say water. That's that's my answer. Okay. Yeah. That that's a very good answer. So uh, one of the most important things aside from water, was just straight up bronze, given the name of the You age. know, I, I, part of me was like, say bronze, just say bronze. But I was like, that's way too easy of a question. Come on, don't, don't say bronze. Don't be that guy. <laughs> All right, be that guy, I guess. Turns out bronze was the most important thing out. in the bronze era. Uh, so it, it was just one of the, uh, the, e the easier metals to form. So people used it for farming and stuff. But actually, it was most important for warfare. You know how nowadays we have nukes and that's just like the end all of weapons to keep everyone away. Back then it was like swords, right? It's like swords and spears. It was like if you had a metal weapon, you were it was like unfair, right? Oh yeah. But in the Bronze Age, I, I think metal weaponry was always important, but the Bronze Age specifically, their nukes were chariots. Mm. It's just a regular old horse-drawn carriage with a skilled driver and a bowman, and then that's just a really formidable weapon at this time, mm. considering, you know... Man, it's really unfair. That guy's got a horse with a, another guy on the horse with him. It's just yeah. me. That's unfair. There's two of them and a horse. Yeah, really. That's, that's kind of why it was so important. So most of the empires around this time essentially stockpiled these chariots and whenever they went to war they would base their entire army around these chariots the problem is just like nukes they're really expensive to make and maintain after all you have to train somebody to and to drive and shoot the thing get some horses and feed them not to mention make the chariot itself which is which uses bronze mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of resources involved here a lot of not just from like a, a physical resource standpoint but like a time standpoint right mm -hmm. like yeah if you have to train the drivers and the horses and the archers, like that's not something you can just like do, right? You're talking about like breeding horses. You're talking about training soldiers, probably 
from like very early ages, right? So mm-hmm. the most precious resource was time in the Bronze Age. <laughs> I think that that was the answer that you were looking for. Especially because they were quickly running out of it and life is about to suck really quickly. So <laughs> you're running low on time here. So all this re- revolves around bronze. Uh, do you know how one would make bronze? Is it copper and tin, right? Yeah, th- yeah, that's it. Do you want to know how I know that? How's that? Old school RuneScape. You make a bronze bar by <laughs> smelting copper and tin. For once in my life, RuneScape has actually proved to be a legitimate source of information. You know, uh, your parents say that, stop playing video games. It's never going to teach you anything. Mm-hmm. Who's laughing now, Dad? Hmm? So yeah, you take some copper and tin, you mix it together, and you get it really hot, and you make bronze eventually. Copper, pretty easy to get. It's scattered around, but tin is actually a tough one. You would have to go really far, from Egypt specifically, to find a large tin mine. And by far, I mean like, go to Spain or England, and that's the closest ones that are like significant. Okay. So tin was really like the limiting resource to all of this. What yeah. did they do they use coal for this kind of smelting? Like what how how did they get things hot enough to like actually melt it? Cuz you can't just like put it in like a bonfire, right? Like a wood-stoked fire probably wouldn't get hot enough. Well, I guess uh, I don't know. Maybe they just blew on the fire hard enough. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, I forgot. Yep, anyway, keep going. That's probably legit. Okay, so we need bronze to make basically everything to make war feasible for us. To make bronze, we need copper and tin. We got copper coming out of our ears because it's copper. Mm-hmm. But but tin, not so much. So tin, really hard. We can't we can't just walk there. And ships, I guess, probably aren't really like a a huge thing at this point. Like they probably weren't making like galleons to cross the Mediterranean to get tin. Yeah, it's probably just something along the shoreline yeah so it's definitely not easy to get this tin but all these people need tin to make their horse-drawn cars to and to do farming so how is it possible that they came across enough tin to sustain an empire for example well obviously the aliens landed and gave them tin and then built the pyramids and then pieced out i see yeah okay yeah they gave them the tin built the pyramids and then I guess left. Yeah, I made a bunch of crop circles in the meantime, just for lulls. That's <laughs> just actually just to mess with people. it's UFO donuts. They're just in the cornfields, like wow. You know, there, there was just this alien going for a joyride. All of a sudden, he made a pyramid. Yeah, I mean, what else do you do when you're an alien and have a UFO full of tin? <laughs> the best explanation was there's just a whole lot of trading going on happening during this time between people in the Mediterranean and beyond. And not for just tin, but plenty of clothes and food and you know anything else you can think of. Mm-hmm. Just like today, any diversion in trade would have significant impact on you know everyone else. So there is some economics coming in this lesson. I knew it. I knew you couldn't resist. All right, what currency have we made in ancient Mesopotamia? <laughs> well, it is based around a, a metal, bronze. Oh, well, yeah, actually, that is the currency that we're agreeing upon in this case. By the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, go check out the episode that's going to be coming out or is out, depending on when you listen to this, on currency manipulation. Just making a currency. There, there's another one. Oh, yeah. Oh, Wait. You know oh, gosh. Too. Oh, no. There's one on <laughs> currency manipulation and there's one on making a currency. Oh, 
And now we're talking about currency again. I promise this isn't all we talk about on this podcast. I promise there's more content than this. But if this trade was widespread, then what kind of event would have a big enough impact to bring down an entire civilization because they can't get their fix of tin? Do you got any ideas? Mm, earthquake would be uh, one. That's a good one. Um, my guess is that early civilizations were probably set up close to large bodies of water for easy transport. Mm -hmm. So something like a tsunami, you know, something like that, or a flood even would probably be pretty detrimental. Um, disease, I could see being a huge one, right? Like, I mean, we just, we're, we're on the hopefully tail end of a pandemic, knock on every piece of wood I can find, right? You know, imagine everyone gets up at the tin swap meet, right? And everyone's like, I'm going to trade you all this stuff. Oh, by the way, homeboy over there has the mysterious bleedy eye disease. Um, Super bubonic plague. Yeah, he's got, he's got the mystery rat flu over there. Um, it's probably fine, though. He, he's he's going to be good in a couple of days, right? I mean, if, if people were trading a lot, there's probably a lot of human interaction along with that since they didn't have Amazon yeah. at the time. And, and so a disease could be huge. Um, or I would even say if something happened like a drought to cut off water or, or like swarm of locusts, I don't know, crops died or whatever, right? Like a drought hits and they can't grow their food. They probably don't really mm -hmm. care about tin anymore. <laughs> They're probably more concerned about yeah. starving to death. So then that's like outside of the, the trade aspect, right? That's just a, I'm not going to the swap meet because I... I weigh 10 pounds because I've eaten nothing but sand for the last three days. <laughs> but his calcium levels, levels are great. Yeah, I've eaten so many rocks, though. My calcium's great, but damn, I'm starving. <laughs> so you got some of them right. Yes. Obviously, we don't know the exact reason why it collapsed, but there are plenty of depictions and letters that survived the millennia to tell us that there were some people. There were some invaders from the coast. This is one of the most prominent theories and it's not the most significant part of it but this is what people would have heard of where there are some invaders that come in from the coast and would ransack settlements from near the ocean were the vikings around at this point in time uh, i don't think so it feels before the vikings but i mean like early scandinavian cultures right like maybe the predecessors to the vikings just decided, you know what, screw it, we're going to get this pillaging thing started real early. I think around this time, the only civilizations were around the Mediterranean, the Middle East. Like, this is the cradle. Right, we're talking the cradle of life here, yeah. So uh, I don't think anyone went into Scandinavia and were like, I think I'm going to sit around here for a little while longer. Joke's on you. New theory, two cradles of life. One in Scandinavia, <laughs> where, the, where the, the space Vikings landed and then used their jet skis to invade ancient egypt because they also had jet skis by the way i don't know if you knew that one and then helped them build the pyramids mm -hmm. as well and made their jaegers to fight the kaijus that came after that oh, right they saved the egyptians from the kaiju but these people were given a name similar to the vikings they were called throughout the mediterranean they were called the sea peoples mm -hmm. and were the downfall of many settlements around the eastern med and we don't know anything about these sea people? Like, we don't know... We, we have an idea. Okay. Uh, they were supposedly... Or one of the ideas is that because of some natural disaster along Greece, there there were migrations of people that just went out and didn't have a home. So mm -hmm. I suppose some of them could have been the sea peoples, or they were 
just people who lived in Cyprus who were just really rowdy. And so our first mess. historical evidence of hobos. Oh my gosh. This is the first historical account of murder hobos. Oh no. It's the beginning of all D&D. All of D&D began in ancient Mediterranean history. The sea wow. people were just the first instance of murder hobos. And it was a boat full of a, a dwarf uh, cleric and uh, an elf rogue and a, a barbarian mm-hmm. and a half orc. And they were like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go into this town and I'm going to rob every store I can find and just start attacking people. And their DM is on the boat like, guys, I had a whole story planned out. These are nice people. Okay, so the sea people are the invaders from the outside. They came in and started ransacking towns. One of the reasons we know that they were a real problem for people was there was this one correspondence between a ruler of a settlement, I think in modern day Lebanon or around there. He was asking his, he was sending a letter to his father, who was the king of Cyprus, asking for help from the invading sea peoples. He was saying like they were looting and burning the city down. Please help us any any way you can. The father wrote back saying he has the exact same problems and he can't send any help. Apparently by the time he got the letter or the letter got back to the sun, the city was basically abandoned and you know burned to the ground. Oh. Nobody really left either because they either died or fled the city. So really bad. Wow. Okay. So murder hobos to the nth degree. Yeah. 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 Not great. There were these reports of invaders, but how could they possibly beat an entire empire? After all, they, they have chariots. How are you going to fight a chariot? It's, it's a horse with a guy on top. Two guys. Two guys. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we don't really have too many specifics, but we do know that armies just got way, way larger. They were not equipped with chariots, just more foot soldiers. So there's this theory that the sea peoples might have been able to get around the chariots either by running them down or something or just staying on a boat right like if you had a bunch of boats and you just flinged arrows at them i mean if i i don't know i I know warfare has evolved a lot over the histories right but i'm just picturing every movie where people just get in a big massive huddle and run at each other and so all i can (laughs) think of is just a bunch of people standing on the shore like what do we do now i don't know wait for them to get here and then they're like wait hold on they're not they're not actually coming towards us they're just killing us from really far away with their flying points it's like oh yeah maybe we should leave and it's like no that's not how you do war come on look at this guy being a weirdo that would mean defeat yeah that would be defeat come on this guy's a weirdo i knew we should have put jenkins in the cavalry so so we know all this that the the chariots were getting wrecked because of some egyptian artifacts like this picture right here you might be wondering you beat me to it. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you might be wondering, how do I get to see this awesome picture? Well, you can follow us on Twitter at More Abstract. See, I got to do the plug. Come on, don't, don't steal my thing. This is the only thing I'm good at. You have all the actual knowledge. I'm just good at, I'm just good at the witty banter and occasionally plugging a Twitter that I don't even manage. Okay, so I'm looking at this picture. So on the left... There are those sea peoples on the boats, mm-hmm. and then there's like a whole bunch of Egyptian sh- soldiers on the bottom with, I think, the king or the like, the, uh, one of the gods fighting the sea peoples as well. Mm-hmm. With a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, with a bow and arrow. And then you can see on the back, chariots are just chilling, not really uh, doing anything. Mm-hmm. So that's how we know chariots suck. Also, this is interesting. If you look at the feet of this king or god or whatnot, it looks like he's standing on people's heads. Oh yeah, that's that's probably the bodies of his enemies. 
either the bodies of his enemies or because he was a god he wasn't allowed to touch the ground or something oh. so that like yeah. people laid down so that he could step on them or something i don't know that'd be kind of weird but it's yeah. i don't know it's ancient egypt so that's a thing could be anything yeah interesting okay so so sea people is that like the leading theory that is that's the most popular theory whenever people hear about the bronze age collapse it's always the sea people did it the leading theories are they did not do it, but I wanted to put them in here just to satiate everyone wanting to hear about the Sea Peoples. Okay, so we, we've covered Sea People. What else we got? It couldn't have just been the Sea Peoples that, that did this. There are some theories, one of which is environmental disasters, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. specifically a drought or some kind of famine. We talked about previously in our Volcanic Winters episode, mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. was an eruption around this time in Iceland that may have caused a famine in the Mediterranean. Oh, wow, we're tying in old episodes. Yeah, yeah. I remember this now. If you don't remember, it's probably because you either didn't listen to it or it's been a while. Go back and check it back out. It's a good one. I, I, I really like that one. Just because I, I gave you a mystery and it was like, come on, let's solve it together. Yeah, and I was just like, duh, no sun, bad. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so there's that volcanic eruption, so it could have been the fact that, like, literally environmental turmoil because there was no sun. Yeah, that's a pretty big motivator for people to just leave. (laughs) Turns Um. out that kind of sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's something that I find fascinating, and it's general systems collapse. So, Nat, if you had to live outside of our, our society... Off the grid. Do you think you'd be able to survive just on your own? Absolutely not. For one reason and one reason alone, I genuinely don't think that I could kill an animal for sustenance. Faced with that dilemma, I definitely couldn't do it. Like, I see... We watch MasterChef, right? And I see these people kill lobsters, right? On a cooking show, right? I couldn't do that. Oh my gosh, my conscience would destroy me. Be thinking about that lobster yeah every night i'd be think i would have dreams that that lobster like came back from the boiling water and murdered me in my sleep except it was like a long torturous death right so absolutely not i would i would be screwed off the grid i couldn't survive well i i have to say i would not survive as well. yeah i knew that and one I'm- you didn't have to tell me that <laughs> i knew that one before any of you were like wow that was really mean prangel and i go way back we we know each other oh, well yeah. enough that i can make that joke but, like, high-key, Pranger would not survive off the grid. The people back in the day were much better trained on how to survive. So they don't really need to be in a society to get lunch. It's nice, you know, you get a tailor and, you know, blacksmith and stuff. But you don't necessarily need it to live. And that's one of the theories that I find very compelling. Some environmental thing happened with possibly feeling less safe in the cities just made people want to leave the settlements behind and live out in the wild in smaller groups hmm. so it's like the beginning of a nomadic society more so like a like an off the off the grid like moving away from the settlement type of living style mm-hmm. you know cities villages yeah. etc and moving more into like traveling groups of smaller amounts of people yeah it could be it could just be that the they didn't want to be centralized, so I guess they didn't want to have a ruler over them. Well, is it... I wonder if it was so much to do with, like, not wanting to be ruled, and, and more so, like, ten people is a much less attractive target for raids 
than like a whole city of people, right? And when there's only like 10 of you to feed, if there's some kind of volcanic winter, that's that's way fewer mouths, that's fewer resources, you can move a lot quicker, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. I wonder then too, if this whole period of like life being quote bad between, you know, ancient Egypt and then starting to get, you know, a millennium later, right? I wonder if that's just because there wasn't much in the way of organized society. So like life was just harder. That's that's a very fair point. I didn't think about that. But right, like maybe it that. wasn't that the quality of life was was poorer per se, but it was it was hard because you had to do a lot more surviving. Yeah, it it could have been pretty bad, and I guess fewer just as you said, fewer mouths, fewer just mouths, easier. easier. So that's some of the reasons why early civilizations just straight up collapsed at the end of the Bronze Age, and at the end of this troubled period, the only civilization in the Mediterranean that survived was Egypt. And apparently they never recovered uh, after this. Oh, Just people left. And interesting. And they like, never came back. So Egypt actually made it through this. Kinda. <laughs> I wonder if that was, like, driven by religious authority, right? Was it, was it necessarily that they wanted to, like, ride out the tough times? Or was it just they feared their, quote, gods so much <laughs> that they, like, wouldn't dare defy them? Or, you know, out of, you know, almost like a zealot nature, you know, would rather die oh. than like abandon their kings food for thought now how long did egypt survive after this period right like are we talking like a couple of years a couple hundred like they stuck it out for the long haul it just was really bad oh no uh the, like i think i remember in roman history somebody would invade egypt like and uh, with cleopatra stuff i can't remember mark antony is it oh that's a good point Somebody out there is a real history buff, and you know what? Whoever you are, I want you to tweet at us and tell us what happened. Someone's like, man, I really loved ancient Egypt. I gotta tell you this stuff. So please please do. Please do. If you do that, I will give you a sandwich coin. Oh, hey, those things could be worth a lot. Yeah, Elon Musk is going to tweet about them tomorrow. Maybe (laughs) if he listens to this podcast and hears me cry out desperately for him to tweet about this so that's that's about all i have for you interesting thoughts so ancient civilization potentially collapsed because of murder sea hobos maybe also the world ended in a fiery volcanic death spell Mm-hmm. And the only one to make it out was kind of Egypt. And I'm saying kind of just because they really didn't like bounce back from it. So did they really make it through or did they just endure it? Interesting. I know it's not really part of the scope of this discussion, right? But what what pulls you back from this? Like what what was the next quote age after the Bronze Age? Iron Age? Right? Like what would what would be like, like the next big historical point where we could say like ah, things are getting back to getting back to normal? Iron Age. It would have been the Iron Age? Yeah. Hmm. Because, like, iron is is definitely, like, a processing step up from everything, right? Like, it's a, that's a big technological leap. And so to go from nomadic traveling societies, harder living conditions, and then somehow come out of that with huge technological advances, that's, like, that's crazy, right? That's, that's actually kind of nuts to me. I wonder those those periods of time in between, like, what kinds of things were happening from a civilization standpoint that we could we could bounce back from that? 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess people got tired of looking for tin, and it was just like, there's there's some iron there. <laughs> hey, we have these other rocks that we could turn into metal, and it's way harder than bronze, actually. Like, this kind of feels like an upgrade. And they're like, nah, we need the shiny gold metal. Go eat more rocks. Yeah, and, I eat that rock. Yeah, go eat more rocks and bathe in mercury to get rid of the craziness. This guy needs a <laughs> this guy needs a bloodletting. He's got too much blood. He's he's thinking too big here. <laughs> he's thinking too much. Interesting. Thank you for enlightening me on this. This was actually really cool, and I feel like I have more questions than I ought to have. But this was neat. So so my only thing here would be, what do you think happened? Like what's, you know, a couple of theories, right? Which one do you think actually made the big difference? Was it the sea people or was it the environment? And I know it's probably a mix, but which one do you think like actually was the tipping point? I think it was just that people thought it was easier to go out on their own. Society, the man was bringing them down. So they decided to go out on their own. They they were like, oh, these these people are attacking. Oh, oh, well, I guess I'll leave. (laughs) And that's what brought them down. I really down. hope that that's what everyone in ancient Egypt did. Oh, man, these guys are attacking us. Okay, bye. <laughs> I got to pay taxes. And, like, they don't tell me how many taxes I got to pay. So I got to figure it out. <laughs> and QuickBooks hasn't been invented. It won't be invented for, like, <laughs> 3,000 years. How do I do my taxes without TurboTax? I'm a small business owner. What are my deductions? I got eight kids. <laughs> okay, yeah, thank, thank God for modern society that we don't have to deal with sea people, volcanic winters, and not having TurboTax. Well, if you like this episode, please consider subscribing or following. We have a Twitter with supplemental content. You can follow us at More Abstract, and you can find more episodes wherever you get podcasts. 